0: Pylon listeners, we are back, baby. We are back, uh, reacting to every, happening everything that happened in Week 13 of the NFL season. And boy, oh boy, was there at least some good stuff for one of our teams this week. Uh, so let, we'll, we'll get into all that in a moment. before we do, let's get to the Pylon crew. So I'm Big Z representing the now one win Detroit Lions. Then we got Kinger representing the Pack.
1: Gentlemen, as always, great to be back. I very much enjoyed watching the NFC team's battle this weekend. What a fun weekend for Packers fan. Let's talk
0: football. <laughs> then we got Barney representing the Bears.
2: Uh, on behalf of all of Chicago, Big Z, we want to offer you a congratulations.
0: <laughs> and then last but not least, we got Remy representing the Vikings. My new favorite team. I'm just here, so I won't get fined. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, so of course we are referencing uh, the Lions finally getting in the win column for the first time this year, uh, moving to 110-1 after a last second victory against the Vikings, 29-27 win, Jared Goff to Amon Ross St. Brown, right on the goal line, uh, the Vikings playing a super soft defense, allowing them just to pretty much get wide open in front of the end zone, Remy, what, what, what was that defense the Vikings are running right there? So every, and I've seen it since Zimmer's gotten here, every
3: time we can pin somebody back, say the 20, 30 yard line Zimmer, I mean, you guys had no timeouts. So Zimmer's idea is to just let you guys, and and you're playing for a touchdown. So Zimmer's idea is to just let you guys hopefully run the clock out on yourself. The thing is, Zimmer needs to rush four instead of three, because if you put pressure on Jared Goff, he is not going to make any of those large completion throws in my the three-man man rush is a killer. Second, dude. It, you don't, it, it happens exactly, over and over in the exactly. NFL. It's yeah. unbelievable. I know it blows my mind. And, and and without without having Eric Kendricks, one of your best coverage linebackers, and no Anthony Barr to even rush, I I'm kind of thinking that was his strategy because Zimmer did come out and say that there were a couple over-the-top plays that they beat him on, but I you, you got. You, you can't let that happen. It, and, and to me, this game proved one proved two things to me, is that Kurt Cousins is not the problem in Minnesota. As to what I've said on the podcast before, all that can be thrown out the window. He has led us to game potential game-winning drives all season long. We just, as a team, cannot win. And number two, Justin Jefferson is a bona fide star. I don't care who you are, what you think, Justin Jefferson is might be a top three receiver, and I don't think he's three. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, maybe a little good. Gra- a hundred oh, me. Let me- a hun- hundred and eighty yards and a touchdown I, uh, and and what did he J- do against uh, the Packers? He's Justin been Jefferson's an absolute stuff.
2: He's a beast. I just, I wouldn't say he's a top three, not three uh guy just yet. Uh, Agreed. I'd be What you a, say he's in a top the three? Top- Adams Hopkins
1: Ad- Devon- Adams Hopkins this season, though, this season.
3: Well, this season. Oh I'm God. talking about this season. Cup, okay, Cooper Cup. What do you, I mean? This season Cooper is where Jefferson made okay. his huge <laughs> leap. Cooper Cup. Okay, Cooper. Cooper Cup. Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, and no particular Hopkins, order. As Kinger mentioned, he's yeah, he's been kind of. But he's hurt. just talk, if Remy's uh,
1: just talking about this season, that's fair. But overall, you know. Nobody I don't think anybody on this podcast is not agreeing with you that Justin Jefferson
3: is very, very, very
1: good. I don't there's no right. disrespect coming from us in that sense.
3: You I, know, I, I'm just I'm slowly taking shots of just Purple Kool-Aid to just try and rejuvenate myself after that mm-hmm. loss. In my mind, in my mind, he is the best receiver in this league. Remy. I'm sorry. And I will stay on that to my grave.
2: Rami, that was a very bold, and I want to piggyback off Big Z here. That was a very bold decision to enter uh, Prevent D and guard the goalpost uh, line instead of the end zone line. It I, makes zero <laughs> sense. That was that was one of the, like, I, I, I couldn't believe I watched it. I was just smiling from ear to ear that that's how you guys gave up a touchdown.
0: Yeah, I, I like that they played, like, way off of them, like, so that, like, no – no press against them either. Just gave him like an they, instant run to the goal line. <laughs> it was great. They did
3: say I, they did say that was the assignment. Cam Dancer was supposed to play off him, and I think he thought Zimmer thought there was going to be more safety help because, as you see, Xavier Woods, who I've been mentioning over the past two weeks, has just been getting eaten alive. Was uh, essentially that pass should have been picked if the safety's in the right spot because Cam was instructed to play off him. Whether it was the right decision to play off him, absolutely not. I don't think. I think you press them at the line, and you. I just don't agree with a three-man rush first and foremost. Right,
0: it's bullshit. The Lions did a three-man rush against the Lions, it. and then that set up the sixty-six-yard field goal on fourth and thirty. It's I, just, I don't I don't like it either.
2: I think Zimmer. I think Zimmer was practicing for his next job in the Canadian Football League because I think you get like another fifteen yards after the goalpost uh, to <laughs> score a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, <so>. yeah. <laughs> I mean all in all, you know,
3: had we not beaten the Packers 2 weeks ago, I you know, that 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 I'm I'm still somehow like riding the high. I skipped over the the San Fran game, thought that we could maybe, you know, get this divisional win, but this one just it 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 hurts. It hurts my soul. It has sucked any Viking life out of me. So I'm clinging on to any sort of hope that there is possibly left with this Viking team, but I, and, you know, playing on a short week, going playing against Pittsburgh, you know, Zimmer is probably coaching for his job. And there, there's been multiple examples throughout this year, poor clock management playing very soft when you know the two minute situation, motherfuckers, Vikings, figure it out. All
0: Seven losses, Remy for the Vikings this year by eight points or less. Correct. It's, it's
3: sickening. 26 points in total,
0: I believe. Yeah, that's a rough one. That is a rough one. But look, I think we're distracting focus a little bit from the, the true champions here. That is the Detroit Lions. <laughs> Let, let's talk about the Lions just for a moment here. Uh, Jared Goff definitely played his best game of the year by a wide margin. Uh, threaded the needle on some really nice passes in this one. Brock Wright. Um, Notre Dame guy, right, Barney? Uh, Brock Wright. Uh, yes, sir. Back shoulder throw at the goal line. Really nice throw from Goff. The best one, though, is uh, the to throw a T.J. Hawkinson in triple coverage over the middle of the field, Remy You have to agree that was that was just a great throw. Even that was good defense and an even better throw. Yeah, no, <clears throat> that was a really, really, really good. And throw. that's just the that Jared Goff had a lot a uh, lot better protection than he usually gets against the Vikings uh, in this game. The Vikings still got theirs a little bit, uh, but overall, Jared Goff definitely better. He still has the same issues that have crept up, like some terrible pocket presence. Like for instance, on that fourth and one where we ran the play action. He avoids the sack and then he just holds on to the ball, like get rid of it. Or, you know, at least try to throw it downfield and make something happen. Don't just stand there. You avoided the guy, but you know, he's still right there behind you. That was confusing. Um, but in Ross St. Brown, our rookie wide receiver really stepped up big in this game, had a career day, 10 catches, 80 yards and a touchdown. And obviously that touchdown being the game winner at the end. Um, and the, and the Lions did it without DeAndre Swift in this game. And I think that was actually good for Goff not to have Swift in there because he relies on him way too much in the passing game. Like, he just instantly checks down to him all the time. I think not having him in there forced him to look downfield a little more in this game. Uh, so a lot of good things. Uh, Dan Campbell's been calling the offense. It, it finally worked uh, in his favor this time around. Now, did I think Jared Goff was going to go down on a two-minute drive and win the game? I, I had my doubts for sure. <laughs> based on what we've seen this year? I mean, what do you guys think? Did you guys think the Lions were going to pull it off there at the end?
1: I can't say I had a ton of faith in it. No, not based <laughs> on the offensive performance. But then again, it's just like, I don't know. I still felt like the momentum in that game was still in the Lions' favor. So they were able to execute, and the Vikings definitely helped them out.
0: Yeah, and the, and the Vikings scoring with enough time in the clock to give the Lions a chance to score at the end, I think, was huge. Uh, that third down right in the middle of the field, uh, Remy, where our running back caught it and got all the way out of bounds, I think, saved that drive as well. Um, I was surprised no one on the Vikings was covering the, at, anywhere near him and then allowed him to get out of bounds. That was huge. Um, but the other big thing in this game was Charles Harris. Uh, the Lions signed him for $4 million this year, and he's leading our team in sacks. Um, he's only on a one-year deal, but I would love to see him come back. He's a former first-rounder. He, he didn't really pan out with the Dolphins at all, but he's really worked out for the Lions here. Um, I'd like to see them re-sign him again next year um, because it, I, I don't imagine he gets, like, a big extension by any means from anybody in the league because this is, like, you know, a flash. it could be a flash in a pan here. He, he, he needs another one-year deal to kind of prove it before getting that uh, big extension. So, Charles Harris, I'm all for it. But a lot, I mean, a lot of the plays in this game for, were from young guys. Like Jerry Jacobs, our undrafted rookie free agent cornerback, he's been playing great. Uh, Remy, the Vikings thrive on their screen game a lot in the offense, and Jerry Jacobs uh, blew up a lot of those on the outside at the very least. I want to say there was one good one to Tyler Conklin, but yeah, other than
3: that. Uh, I'm talking about I, the, the wide receiver screenplay screen worth in th-
0: particular, I guess.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah, where Thielen hurt his ankle. Um he is probably not going to play this Thursday, being a short
0: week. It's a high ankle sprain. So, yeah. Uh, thanks a lot for that, Dick. You know, the, the Lions defense, I don't think, has gotten enough respect this year. They, they've they been a, a solid unit for the most part, outside of like a couple blowouts from the Eagles and um, the Bengals. It, it's been a pretty solid unit. They, they've given up less than 20 points uh, three games in a row before this one. Um, and a lot of, the, and honestly, a lot of the points in this one were set up by some bad offensive play calling on fourth and short, allowing a short field for the Vikings. So, I, I mean, uh, th- this and this is a Lions defense that's just the youngest in the NFL. Um, a lot of young, undrafted or low draft picks playing. Um, they 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 have a lot of investment, I think, going forward into this defense. It gets me excited. Aaron Glenn doing a great job, I think, as de- defense coordinator. I look forward to hopefully keeping him around. <laughs> You know, in a couple of years, he probably won't get hired as a head coach next year, but I could definitely see he's on that trajectory if, if he keeps doing what he's doing with those defense. Uh, the offense, it'll be interesting to see. But uh, there's just a lot. Oh, the, the you know, Penai Sewell continues to look great at uh, the tackle position as well. You know, we we can debate it maybe at the end of the season if the Lions made the right draft pick. But as far as, you know, what we're getting out of him, it's it's all... In, probably more than you could ask for out of him again this guy's 21 years old uh super super young um and we can absolutely build around him in the future but there's there's you know i'm I'm excited Uh, it was nice to go uh wake up and work on monday with the victory behind me it's the first time all year i got to experience that so i i'm i'm all pumped up almost
1: what was it 365 calendar days like one day
0: short yeah one day short yeah One day short of a full year of going winless. So, the, nope, no, not not going to happen. Not in Detroit. <laughs> uh, except for the one. I called one that year.
3: all week. I called that all week. I was preparing for the worst, and it happened. Shame on me.
0: Yeah, and good things happen for the Lions when they score more. This is only the second time all year, thanks to that great Vikings defense that you uh, hype up, Remy, <laughs> um, that they've scored over 20 points. It, the first time since week one. And good things happen when you score uh, more than twenty points in a game, believe it or not. So it worked out really Big well. Z,
2: do you think yeah. a potential extension is in the works for uh Mr. Jared Goff?
0: No. No, I don't. No. <laughs> for a year, this is one million, game. This is one good million. game out of him. And honestly, there's still I don't know there's still some things in this game know. that were uh that are troubling in terms of his pocket it, presence, it's horrible. It is unbelievably terrible. There, there's a lot of plays in this game. You can go back and look, and it's just like, like, for instance, it, it appears like when Derek Goss sometimes is under duress, it's it's because of a bad offensive line blocking. No, it's not true. The the offensive tackler riding the D ends out, and he just backs up into it, like, step up in the pocket. This has happened multiple times this year. It's super frustrating to watch. I have a screenshot on my phone I can send you guys, but, like, just, like, we're – he, there's room to step up in the pocket and he doesn't do it and he forces himself to make a terrible throw and it's just so frustrating it's happened all year i mean we we saw the bad pack pocket presence on that fourth down um i don't and i don't disagree with going for it there by the way on either attempts in this game now the execution obviously not good but as far as the decision to go for it fully in agreement with I, I, I didn't understand, though, why Remy, the Vikings, went for it on fourth and ten at the end of the first half, because that ended up being the difference maker. They fumble, we pick it up, and we get a field goal where we probably shouldn't have.
3: Again, the, just examples of terrible coaching. I was surprised by that also. It, it it doesn't make any sense. I think even the announcers were kind of shocked at it, too. So,
0: yeah. Um, even if you get it, it's like um, a hard field goal to make. Like I exactly it's not like exactly. a, it's not like a chip shot or anything like that i was yeah i was very confused i was i thought i was i thought it was third down like i thought i missed misreading the down when i saw them go back out there i go for that uh but that was a nice gift so thank you uh but now you know there is something interesting if the lions win another one they're gonna drop the three in the draft Uh-oh. order oh <laughs> but if uh-huh. they went out then uh you know i can get my over four and a half uh bet paid out
1: so Honestly, I think that's your win. You just let it ride
2: now. I think you tank and try and keep that number one spot. Mm. I mean, yeah. and I just want to go back to what you said. It was just one game. I mean, if you look at the reaction of the sideline and all the players on that Detroit team, I think that is just <laughs> completely negligent on your part. Uh, that looked like, and I'm all for it, that looked like a Super Bowl win right there. And oh, I know. That's I know. the, it felt that's the like passion a you want.
0: So that reaction uh, is where I mean. First of all, when you're zero and ten, you just and it, it, every everything you know. Just the world's crushing on you every week until you get there. It's a huge weight off the shoulders. Um, but I also think Dan Campbell. You know, this, most zero and ten teams are pretty dysfunctional. There's a lot going wrong. Uh, but for the most part, the the locker room's been like together. This team's like shown a lot of togetherness. Not not falling apart. I think there's a lot of understanding that everybody is really young. It, this is absolutely uh, a rebuild, and you know this is a multi-year thing. But Dan Campbell, I, I would give him credit at least for his leadership in terms of keeping uh, the team together. Um, they, I think they really do follow his personality for better or for worse. Uh, but like his his coaching is a lot of improvements to make. But as far as his leadership in the locker room, I think um, is why we hired him in the first place, and he's and he's proven that at the very least. But anyways, uh, we can move on to the Bears now. But I I just, again, wanted to. You needed to have your moment, Big Z. Yeah. Yeah. You you know, it it might not happen the rest of the year. Who knows? But uh, I'm going to enjoy this moment in the the sun. (laughs) As you should. Who knows when uh, it'll happen again. But just a way to do it, too. The last play of the game. Uh, Pretty cool to see. Pretty cool to see. So, all right, let's move on now. Barney, if we dare to talk about the bears, uh, going against the Cardinals, you got that bear weather, uh, in this game, but it, it, it did not work out well for you. What, what, uh, I don't know what you want. What do you want to talk about for this team <laughs> that you already haven't talked about before
2: <laughs> big Z keep riding that high, dude. Keep riding that high. Um, you <laughs> I mean, it was terrible, but I will say I took solace in the fact that I had Kyler Murray and he kept me one more week mm. away from buying the Kagan fantasy. All right. He got me about 30 points. Uh, and that was that was, hey, if we we're going to lose, that's what I wanted because I needed all of those. Um, but, you know, I mean, the score, we let up 33 points. Uh, pretty, pretty terrible. Uh, but. You know, you look at the box score, you look at the stats, and, you know, it, it wasn't really like the Bears got as crushed as you would think. Um, you know, there's four interceptions by Andy Dalton. Three of them um, were in our red zone, or at least knocking down on our red zone. So, I mean, just quick, easy scores for uh, the, the Cardinals. Uh, Kyler Murray only had 123 passing yards. Uh, you know, the rushing yards, uh, were a lot better. Um, the, the running backs only had about 76 or so rushing yards, but Kyler Murray went off for 60 himself. Uh, so, I mean, we kind of did as good as we were going to do in that department, especially with some of our guys out. But I mean, it's hard to win a game when, uh, you're giving up the ball and giving possession, uh to the other team you know with only 20 25 yards uh left to score so uh just an absolutely horrendous showing by the bears um i do want to give a shout out to the only two guys on the offense that i think are worth uh any praise the first one our rookie our right tackle larry borum he just continues to be uh an absolutely solid uh draft pick in the later rounds Um, I think he's definitely got potential to be a uh, a career bear at the at the anchor position on our right side or left side, whichever way we want to, you know, have him have him progress. But another guy, Dave Montgomery, I I talk about him all the time. He is, without a doubt, in my mind, the most underrated or underappreciated player in the league. Uh, you know, he had about fifty he had about 50 receiving yards, 90 rushing yards. Uh, the, the entire game, you know, we don't have Allen Robinson out there. Uh our our wide receivers we were touting out there were Damiri Bird, uh, Darnell Mooney, and uh guys like Jakeem Grant and Rodney Adams. I mean, everyone knew where the ball was going, and yet Dave Montgomery was still able to make everybody miss and still make this game competitive. Um and you know, you, you like to see that. I gotta point out some some terrible play. Uh, you know, re- reoccurring uh player of the week, Sam Mustafer, uh, in this department. Mm-hmm. Um it's very it's very hard uh for me to go to bat for a guy uh, who you know, in set, as a center, you know, primarily you need to block, right? But even more primarily, the most important part of your position is being able to snap the ball. And we have now five straight weeks where he has almost bowling balled the ball back to our quarterback. Uh, when when literally a simple form of snapping is an issue in which it has been uh, so far during this entire season for first, Sam, um, you know, you just got to understand as a coach that that's probably not the best guy out there. And 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 that's totally taking away the fact that he gets absolutely bodied um, and driven back into the pocket. Uh, it's really just a hard sight to see. And that's just definitely going to have to be a, a point of emphasis in our offseason to try to uh, try to shore up that center position, because that is just terrible. Uh, but Anyway, him, you know, I just I, I, just had to get that out there. It hurts me because he's a Notre Dame guy, and and, I usually don't bash until I absolutely have to. Uh, but another guy from Notre Dame who had a pretty bad game, Cole Komet. Uh, not every interception was on uh, Andy Dalton, and this one in particular right in his breadbasket. You know, he just tipped it a few times, and then all of a sudden it went to uh Buda Baker's arms and Buda Baker took it all the way back to, you know, like our ten yard line. Uh just not a really good day from him. Just a lot of drops and yes, like it was raining and cold, but I don't care. You know, like that that's gotta be our advantage when people come here that it's cold. I understand rain's a little bit different, but I mean put your hands on the ball. You're Cole Komet, your your hands are probably I mean, massive, right? Being a six four, six, five tight end, catch the damn ball. Um uh, you, you think it's so, time
1: for the bears to look at another tight end in this draft Barney?
2: No, I, I don't think that's the, I, that's, I, I don't,
1: I'm just, I don't think the bears are known just to stock tight ends, So I feel like that's gotta be on their radar. <laughs>
2: yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's, that's a fair point. Um, but it, I mean, it's brutal. It was just a kind of a, just an ugly game to watch. Um, you know, just anytime we had a little bit of momentum, they ran into our kicker, our punter, and we got a first down and everybody was like jumping and, and, and everything. There's like a lot of life. And and the game was relatively close in the third quarter when that happened. And then, and then that very next play, Andy Dalton throws an interception. And <laughs> it's just like, you know, I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't look over to Big Z right now and say, Hey, I know you think Andy Dalton runs this uh offense better, but man, four interceptions. Um, uh, you know, he had I think Were about fifty-four percent.
0: I, I wasn't able to watch much of this game. Were they all on him?
2: Well, like I said, the one with Cole Komet, like that was pretty decent ball right right to him. Uh that one was tipped. But, you know, just I mean, to be totally fucking honest, this is uh this is a game in the conditions where I would totally understand if there was four interceptions. But uh at the end of the day, I don't care. I'm the I'm just trying to give it back to you and say Andy Dalton is definitely uh, you know, definitely not the guy, um, that, uh, I'd rather have under center right now, but, uh, you know, just brutal, brutal, brutal game. Um, but what I, what gives me comfort is that I'm going up to green Bay and this is an automatic win. I'm already just ready, uh, to, to stuff it at every green Bay fans face. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on, I'm on to green Bay. Well, it's.
0: It's pretty ridiculous that this is a Sunday night game, this next Bears Packers one. Why? Why is it a Sunday night game? The the, the why did the Bears keeps keep getting these national games? It's always pissed me off as a Lions fan. The Bears can be completely shitty like they are this year and still get these primetime games.
2: Well, the owner, owner of off, the Bears the, the the owner of the Bears, not the one now, but the the, the true owner, George House, found the NFL. So Um, you know, he, I think he gets these games in perpetuity, uh, just because, you know, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have this league.
0: Well, Bears 11 and a half point underdogs this week. Uh, so uh, that maybe that'd be one of your best bets then uh, if you're going to be displaying that much confidence. (laughs) Um, well, I'm going uh, to the game. I'm
2: going to the game.
0: King are the Cardinals, uh, you know, your biggest concern in the NFC for the Packers?
1: Uh, I'm still probably going to put Tampa at number one, to be honest. Um, I think Tampa has started to figure it out a little bit. If that defense just plays remotely close to the caliber that they were at last year, I think they're going to be a real threat. Uh, Tampa's got a much easier schedule than yeah. Arizona uh, to finish out the season. So I'm actually <clears throat> more concerned about Tampa not dropping another game. So there's, we'll see what happens.
2: Where where exactly do those three teams lie right now, King?er In terms of like fight for the first.
1: So the the Cardinals five. have the number one seed because they've got two losses. The Bucks and the Packers. Credit to the, the Bears. Race.
2: Credit to the but Bears. The Packers had the tiebreaker over sure the Cardinals. The
1: Packers. What? Is, yeah, the Packers do have the tiebreaker over the Cardinals, but it's interesting. I don't know the exact situation of what it would be if the Bucks, Packers, and Cardinals all finished at say, 14-3.
0: and three. Right. I I, I, think I think you just got to enter
2: the Thunderdome.
0: Enter the Thunderdome? Cause we'll it, see. They, <laughs> they didn't play each other, right? Tampa didn't play either of these two teams? No. So I think in that scenario, I believe Green Bay leaps the Cardinals, and then it goes to um, best conference record, I believe, is the next tiebreaker in that scenario which probably well, i don't and know right now that is um green bay in the conference is seven and two and tampa is six three so okay. i believe um and right now right now green bay has a tiebreaker over tampa because of conference records and so i, I think in the three-way tie the packers still get the number one seed. and
1: obviously the reason why i'm confident is arizona has the rams this week then they get detroit which they'll win that one i'm sorry Z. Um, and then and they fin- right. finish with Indy, Dallas, and Seattle. So they've and still got some, definitely some c- competitive games ahead. Mm-hmm.
0: No, absolutely. Yeah. They, they're much more competitive because I think. Uh, Tampa's a joke. Green Bay's still got a couple.
1: I mean, we just. Yeah, still Tampa.
0: Well, Tampa's the Bills. That's a tough one this week. A Saints team that they lost to. That's then true. At Carolina. Then they host Carolina and at New York Jets. So those last three are pretty simple.
1: Yeah. So this is it. This yeah. I it would make me feel a lot more comfortable if Buffalo wins the game this week.
0: Yeah. That, that Buffalo, that's a weird Buffalo team this year. They a are. Very strange it's in team. Tampa.
1: I think that's one of the, ga- is that Sunday or Monday night this week?
0: That's like, uh, the Jim dance, Tony Romo, three twenty-five uh, game, game. Gotcha. But all right. I think that's going to wrap it up for us here. Uh, reacting to everything. Week 13 lions with their first victory, baby. Uh, looking forward to many more looking forward to five this year so when that uh over but <laughs> uh, we're not out of it yet we're also si- we also moved to only uh five games out of the playoff race as well we're not eliminated yet so just throwing that out there <laughs> um anyways Instagram at the pylon Twitter at the pylon pod follow us on there let us know your thoughts on this week's games and any upcoming games your reactions love to hear it uh, Spotify, Apple, wherever you podcast, please download, please subscribe, please a re- leave a review. Greatly appreciate that as well. Otherwise, thank you to our producer, Kid Jay, and Pylon listeners, Pylon crew, everybody have a great uh, start to your week here. We'll be back later this week uh, discussing week 14 of the NFL season and giving our best bets.